Back here on Sports 1140 KHDK, Jason Ross here with you. We go till 5.30 today, then we've got game night. As uh, Scott Marsh and the High Flyer, Henry Turner will have that. An hour of pregame basically leading you up to our Kings coverage, which will begin at 6.30, then the G-Man will have the call. That's all coming up at uh, 7 o'clock right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Another reminder about the Raiders. Uh, normally we'd have that Monday night game tonight, but the Raiders can be heard tonight on KYMX HD2. That's 96.1 HD2. Update two, by the way, since we last, uh, in our last segment, looks like there's been an upgrade even to uh, healthy status for Josh Jacobs. So it went from, you know, not certain earlier in the week to questionable. Now it looks like he's a go. So that's good news for the Raiders as they get ready to take on the Chargers tonight. Still to come, we will have the crossover. We have an opportunity for you to win Eagles tickets coming up later this hour. Uh, Jason Jones will join us at 5, uh, give us the very latest on what we can expect from tonight's preseason game and the first look at this version of the Sacramento Kings. And we got to look at the baseball playoffs. It's all set. Final 10 all begins tomorrow with the American League wildcard game with the Yankees and the Red Sox. But another week of the NFL is almost complete with week four wrapping up tonight. Wanted to look at the best and the worst of the weekend in the National Football League. And I'm going to start with the best here. And uh, there were a lot of good games going on. We mentioned going into the weekend the importance of what these early season matchups had in store in the NFC West. We talked a lot about the Niners and the Seahawks game, but the other one that had a high-profile feel to it was the Cardinals and the Rams. And I'm thinking back to last Wednesday, and each and every Wednesday we get a chance to talk to Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. He said, you know, watch out for this game and watch out for the Rams' approach. They were really all in on trying to beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, and they did. They played great. They beat them. So just be careful of a letdown here, potentially, and Boy, was he right about that. Not only a letdown, the Cardinals were terrific. I mean, they just dominated that game. There really wasn't a position where you felt like the Rams were ever going to win the game. Cardinals win it easily, and uh, they lead off our best of the weekend. The Cardinals beat the Rams and beat them soundly in Los Angeles by the final score of 37 to 20 behind an MVP caliber performance by their franchise quarterback, Kyler Murray. All right, so this division is stacked. We know that. Seattle's good. Niners are good when everything's right for both those teams. The Rams are very good. I like them. And here are the Cardinals. Coming into the year, I just they've kind of gotten better every year, and I like Kyler Murray a lot. Hopkins made sense in the trade. I mean, they, you had to do that. It was given to them. But just wondered, where are they in the true landscape of this stacked division? And someone's got to finish last. Last year was the Niners based on all the entries. When we even talk about quarterback play in the division, you look at Wilson and Stafford now to go with Jimmy G slash Trey Lance and Kyler Murray. They all have good quarterbacks. And Kyler Murray, when you have quarterback play at the level that he's playing, it makes a world of difference. It's what we were just talking about with Derek Carr. And Kyler Murray was awesome yesterday. He's one of the early season MVP candidates. And it was every quarter. You just kind of progress along the game the way Arizona played. They were the better team yesterday. They owned the game. They looked good. Um, after the first quarter, well, they were down by three. But then 17-3, they outscore them in the second. 10-0 third, basically put the game away. And they cruised to victory, 37-20. to And it's really, really impressive what they've done this season. And for them, it started with the first game. I thought that was the game they looked great against the Titans offensively and defensively. Then the Cardinals had that game they should have probably lost to the Vikings. Weren't great against the Jags, but won. 
And, like, the two teams that they've played that I think have the best going up against them, it's like that's when they've been fully engaged, and they play great. Played great against the Rams. Now you look at their next couple of weeks that are going to be interesting. Niners, we already mentioned they get this week. Then the Browns should have an easier time with the Texans. Packers and Niners right after that. So, I mean, their next five games, and that's what happens in the NFL. We learn more about these teams each and every week. Think about a team like Pittsburgh in week one, beating the Bills in Buffalo. Man, maybe Pittsburgh will be better. How do you feel about them now? Green Bay, week one. Embarrassed in Jacksonville to the Saints, right? That game that was played in Jacksonville. Look a lot better now, three and one. So the league changes all the time. And the Cardinals right now, as one of the two left undefeated in the league, joined by the Raiders who play tonight. So the Cardinals certainly lead off the list of the best of the weekend. Uh, Also, looking around the NFL, another team to highlight and really more of an individual to highlight here Uh, Andy Reid Chiefs get back to 500 Mahomes does what he does right throws five more touchdown passes their their offense uh, I'd like to see their defense play better certainly if I'm a Chiefs fan but if you can put a 42 points in the NFL you got a pretty spectacular offense and that's not a surprise we know they do Chiefs are great Mahomes is great but Andy Reid made some history got his 100th win in Kansas City he had already done it in Philadelphia with the Eagles and the irony of doing it in Philly, beating the Eagles. Here's Andy Reid after the game. It was good to have a cheesesteak and, and a lot of other things. So it's good to be back and then doing that here. I, I hadn't really thought about that. I don't know if that's a positive thing, but it, it's. I'm glad it, it took place. Well, it's record-setting, right? Not many people have ever done it. No matter what you think about, now that he's you know, got a Super Bowl, people already think differently of Andy Reid. He's a great coach. He really is. And he's done it twice in two different places, made teams very effective, took the Eagles to championship games into a Super Bowl, taking the Chiefs to a Super Bowl a couple of times. He's good at what he does, and that's okay to say. He's one of the greats, and he's very under-assuming. Doesn't, he's not a look-at-me guy, just goes out there, praises his players, praises his team, gets the job done. He's done it. He's done it well. He's done it effectively. And no matter what you think, to do that in two different locations to be that effective, that's impressive. And whenever you're a part of a – a person to do that for the first time in NFL history. It's great. He had 140, I think, in Philly and now 100 in Kansas City. It's a lot of winning. He's got his team that a lot of people still think could do a lot of damage if they get to the postseason. And right now back at 500 after beating Philadelphia. Uh, Andy Reid, part of the NFL best of the weekend. All right, let's continue with more teams. And I'm I'm getting more and more impressed with this team each week. And it's the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Dallas, I don't know what I thought of them coming in. I think that division always leaves everybody going, "Ah, who's the best in that division? There's always a different winner every year. Washington got through there last year. I really like their defense. Uh, The Giants, the more I watch them, they did get a great win yesterday, a comeback that they probably shouldn't have had. They were down 11 in the fourth and won it in overtime. But Daniel Jones is looking better and better, which is good. And Philly, I think, is just kind of going through it, just trying to change coaches, uncertainty at quarterback still now with Hurts. They, they're just kind of trying to find ways to compete each week and get better. So where does Dallas fit in there? And it feels like talent-wise, they should be the best team in the division. Well, now they're playing like it, and they look good again. And for me, Dallas taking out Carolina isn't the most uh, earth-shattering thing to see yesterday, but it's the way they did it. To get that many points on a Carolina defense, which is good, Dak's getting better each and every week. We saw a better version of Ezekiel Elliott. We know they've got a lot of weapons around. And so Dallas, to get 36 points on that Panther defense, 
was impressive. I think it was a good day for them. I think they're starting to separate themselves in a division that is very winnable. And here's Dak after the game. We think we can beat you at the run. We can beat you at the pass. Um, whatever you're going to give us. Um, the openings, we're, we're going to take them. I mean, Kelly's doing a good job of dialing it up, and guys are just communicating and executing it. But, I mean, even tonight, um, we, we left a couple, we left some, some meat on the bone to say. I mean, we left some plays out there, and some, uh, we want to finish that game with, with another touchdown on, the, on one of those last two drives. So, I mean, that's just uh, the expectation and the standard of this offense. Again, Carolina came in number one ranked defense in the league through short sample size, three weeks. But Dallas to get Ezekiel's best game, 143 on the ground on 20 attempts. Also, Pollard had in the 60 range. So, yeah, the running game going over 200. Uh, Prescott threw for the high 100s, but four touchdowns. Defense continues to make plays. they got some playmakers now all of a sudden defensively. So I think Dallas not only had a good weekend with what with the division, getting maybe a little bit more separation there, they're good. And Dak Prescott is getting better and better. And remember the way the season started. There were concerns about his arm after coming off that leg injury, but he's looked good. Their one loss was the season opener against Tampa, and they played great and really had chances to win. Brady had the ball last. So it was a good day, certainly, for the Dallas Cowboys. Let's give you another team that I think had part of the best of the weekend. And when you finally break through, what a reward that is. Uh, they haven't been super competitive yet, and uh, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 finally got the win. Out of a hold of Townsend. The snap clean, the placement down, the kick on the way. Does it have the distance? It floats left. It's no good. It's no good. He pulled it this left. Is the end of the game. And the Jets win it in overtime on the missed field goal by Bullock. They've got their first win of the season and their first ever for the head coach, Robert Sala. That had to feel good. Had to feel good for him. I know New York doesn't have a lot of expectations, but... They finally got a better performance from Zach Wilson, his first career win. Did throw a pick, but a couple of touchdowns, including some big plays where you go, okay, I I see something there. I see what the Jets have uh, envisioned there. And nearly 300 yards, had a couple of completions that were big, long completions in the game. So he's played the part. Tennessee, who I think can be a complete team, makes you wonder about them certainly. Like, what is going on with you guys? After getting some some good wins uh, against a uh, good win against Seattle, then they just a puzzling head scratching game. But I I like the way the Jets approached the game. They had a situation in the end of regulation where um, they were aggressive and it nearly burned them. I, I just think they approached a lot of things the right way and didn't play it like a team that didn't have a win. Right? I think too many times like what what can we do? To, I'm I'm scared to lose. You can't play that way in the NFL. You got to be aggressive. You got to attack the games. Fourth and shorts, you go for them um, if they make sense, right? I, I even think back to last night, and I know it felt like America was watching the the Patriots and uh, Buccaneers game, and I understand why. There was a lot of hype around it, and and the game. Tom Brady was not that good yesterday. Man, he was off. That was a game the the Patriots could have won. But back to the point of of coaching aggressively. I did not like the call of the Patriots kicking a field goal there late. I understand it. Opportunity it was, what, fourth and three? I think it was fourth and three. And they kicked field goal. It was wet, wet ball, long 50-something, 50 52, 55, whatever it was. And it was an opportunity to go ahead, but two things there in that situation. Why I think you coach aggressively. Okay, we all saw the script, right? I, 
I actually thought he might make the kick, though he didn't hit the hit the cross or hit the upright, not the crossbar. And you're going to leave Tom Brady with less than a minute. And Tom Brady, he was in Fox. Like we we knew it. Like was Bill Belichick doing that on purpose to give us a chance to see Brady do it yet again in front of what was his former home fans? But I think if you go for that on fourth and short and miss it, I don't think you get the grief. And someone's always going to say you did you, when you mess up that you called it wrong. But I thought the odds of making that field goal weren't very good. I thought it was better odds of making a first down and then keeping the ball out of Brady's hands, getting closer to field goal range, and making a more manageable field goal. Or, hey, getting a touchdown. I think you have to coach aggressively in the NFL. You have to. Too many good players, too many talented players. Um, a lot of the things I parallel it to, parallel it to is, is the NBA. Too many times I've seen when teams elect not to foul late, and, oh, my gosh, I can't believe – Player X made that three. I can. It happens all the time. I think if you are aggressive by nature, you will get burned. I'm not saying it's foolproof, but I think if that's in your team's DNA, I think players appreciate that. The other team has to go, well, it's fourth, third down. They're probably going to go for it on fourth down. Yeah, we are. You know, I think if you just have that mentality, it just helps. And I think the Jets had that right approach yesterday on a team that didn't have a win, and they finally get a reward. And then you now – that's what a team like that in Jacksonville, when you're playing the rookie quarterback, you're going to have the the, day, the game that Zach Wilson did a few weeks ago against the Patriots where Bill Belichick schemed the game, and he throws four turnovers, throw interceptions, and you're thinking, man, this quarterback doesn't have it. Yes, that's going to be said. But then you get a game like yesterday where he – what were his final numbers here? I wanted to look these up. 21 of 34, 297, two touchdowns, an interception. Only got sacked once. I think it was two weeks ago he had sacked six times. So you give him more time, you protect him, you spread the ball around. They didn't really have a ground game to help him out, but he moved the ball, found different receivers, and it gives you signs of hope. And when you draft that investment of a quarterback, protect him and give him weapons. That's the two things you have to do next. They're not all the way there, but you go, okay, you're doing some of this without all the resources. That gives us encouragement. So to me, Zach Wilson getting his win, the Jets getting a win, they certainly had one of the best of the weekend. And the Titans really screwed themselves. Why is that, Chris? They had a chance to go for the tie and they lost. They did. The missed field goal there. I, I we played the clip there and I was thinking, oh man, here we go. We're gonna get a field goal. To get that dreaded tie. And uh I know for those of you that play in those uh survivor pools, I know we have one. Um that that team that hurt a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people picked the Titans. Um that was a killer. That was a killer for some. All right, let's go to the worst of the weekend in the NFL. I'm going to start with the Steelers. And, again, back to how things change and how quickly they change. I think about Pittsburgh's year last year where no one believed in them when they were 11-0, and and it proved to be – that was right. I mean, Pittsburgh just wasn't quite there. But I feel like Pittsburgh now, after the first win of the year, which was great, a great win against Buffalo, Lose to the Raiders after that. Lose to the Bengals. And then yesterday at Green Bay, I'm not really surprised that they lost. I thought they would lose. It's the way they played. And right now I feel like Pittsburgh has too many question marks on their future. Ben Roethlisberger played just okay. And what's the what's the next route? What's the next plan for Pittsburgh? You still go with Roethlisberger for now, but if this season continues to go this way, 
do you kind of just honor him and say you can finish it the way you want? You know, we we love what you've done for us, and we're thankful for your great career, Hall of Fame career. But we'll just we'll just play it out with you, or do you try to figure out if you've got something? They've played Rudolph before. Mm, that's a whole lot of eh. But you got Haskins now. Is he the guy in your system with your team with a defense that? Still pretty good. You've drafted Najee Harris. You've got some playmakers on the outside. But too many times, this has happened at least three times now that I've seen. So it's probably happened more where Pittsburgh's been in a either a third down and short or long and a fourth down and short or long. But really, it's been fourth and fours yesterday. I think it was a fourth and ten recently where they dump it off short of the line of scrimmage. And that's Ben choosing that. Now, maybe that's part of the play. There's usually multiple options in a route, right? Someone going across the middle, someone deep, someone on the edges. But usually this has been a running back in the flat on a – yesterday there was a fourth and four where he threw it in the flat, basically parallel with the line of scrimmage. And now you're asking Najee Harris to get you four to five full yards on his own without blocking in front of him. And you know the result. He's tackled right away and no game. Undercut, loss of two. You just can't even throw that pass. So it's making me and probably others, and specifically probably Pittsburgh, question Ben Roethlisberger. His stat line, 26 of 40, 232 yards, a touchdown interception, got sacked twice. It's not where you go, he can't play. That's not the situation they're in. He certainly can. And probably right now, not even probably, he is their best choice. But if they continue to flounder and you look at the division, they're not better than the Ravens. They're not better than the Browns. I thought they might be better than the Bengals, but they lost to them already. And now Cincinnati has three wins, so you're looking up at them. And when you don't seemingly have the next answer, but you've traded for a guy that you're not playing yet, if Pittsburgh were to finish with, let's just say, four or five wins and drafts early are they gonna draft a QB I don't know to be honest how great this college class is of quarterbacks but I feel like they're behind they're behind schedule whatever that means when when teams struggle like the Jets did a year ago like the Jags did a year ago and won a game and two games they knew they were going to draft a quarterback early and they did what's Pittsburgh going to do if they continue to struggle the rest of this year do they do they finish out with Big Ben and kind of acknowledge his great career and just say, eh, we're punting on this year without getting any further knowledge on the guys they have. It's really a tricky spot for them because I, if I'm them, I still play Ben for a few more weeks at least. But I'd hate to see him go out that way with Pittsburgh if it ends up being a 5-6-4 you know, win season. Man, that's brutal. So they are part of the worst of the weekend. All right, let's go to another team that I think had a bad weekend. And not because of the way they played per se, though, is this is part of it. I'm going to go to the Denver Broncos. This is a team I was high on before the season, and they're 3-0 and now 3-1. and Have to feel good about that. The wins they had were against bad teams, right? Beat the Giants, beat the Jags, and beat the Jets. Great. Now your first chance at someone that, all right, we're going to learn a little bit more about you, and it's Baltimore. Now, why it's so bad for them is because of the injury to Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater got hurt. 
They go to Locke, who has experience, but I feel like Bridgewater is the one, is the glue to make a good defense really good and an offense that's efficient, that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And that's why they look like a better team in totality. But injuries are, are crucial in the National Football League, really in all sports. But in the NFL, you start to lose key pieces, and the quarterback's the most important piece. And I feel like that was one of the pieces that was keeping Denver from being a legitimate team. And so you get Bridgewater. They look more stable. They look comfortable. He looks good. He does what – he's like the game manager, but he does a good job of it. He's been a professional at that. Not make a lot of mistakes. Move the ball effectively. Get your team into scoring range. Control the clock. And then count on that good defense. That's the DNA of the Denver Broncos. He gets hurt. You go to Locke, who's got a little more flair to his game. But you're playing a Ravens team that you you can't stop enough, and you're chasing the game, and that's not what Denver needs. Denver needs to be ahead. Denver needs to fit in just kind of under that game plan. And when you lost Teddy Bridgewater, I think that was a a tough loss for them literally and for the weekend as well. All right, next, another one. They played on Thursday, but they're, they're caught up here in the crosshairs, and that's Jacksonville. They had their opportunities. If we go back to just the game, right, on Thursday, if you watch that one, Every opportunity to stretch out the lead more in the first half when they're up 14 nothing, Go for it near the goal line. Trevor Lawrence can't punch it in. So like, ah, oh, man, missed chance there. But that's all right. They can still win this one. Well, they didn't. The Bengals got their third win. The Jags go to 0-4, so they're still searching for that first victory of the season. But not flying back with the team, Zerbin Meyer elected to go to Columbus. See his grandchildren was kind of the thought. They got a restaurant there, showed up at the restaurant slash bar, and course there's a video that ended up going viral where allegedly they're trying to get him on the dance floor there's a woman there that's the way it's being described dancing uh close to his lap and so on and so forth so now urban meyer today has to come out and apologize for that apologize to his organization apologize to the family his apology was 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 good was pretty thorough and, and more of embarrassment and just it's a bad look. It's a bad week for him, a bad time for them, and I just don't know how long this this isn't related to that. I, I just don't see it as a long term partnership with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. I understand why he took on the challenge. Um he saw the number one pick. I think Trevor Lawrence has a bright future. I just don't see Urban Meyer being there for the long haul. I really don't. I think they're gonna lose a lot of games this year. But they're in the same spot as I just talked about with the Jets in, in the positives of the weekend. Can Trevor Lawrence show growth? That's what he has to do, and he has. But is it going to come weekly? Is there going to be? There'll be setbacks. There'll be a week where you're like, okay, looks like he's figured it out, and then you're into week nine, and he has a four turnover game and throws for 185 yards. So those things change. They're ever flowing. They're ever fluid. But I think those are the guys that stood out to me on the best and the worst weekends of the National Football League. Now, some of the other games that happened of intrigue. How good have the Bills been lately? My goodness, Buffalo, who was my team to win the Super Bowl, was a little concerned about them after they lost to Pittsburgh to start things out. But since then, they took care of Washington. They had that 35 nothing shutout of the Dolphins. And yesterday, it's what you're supposed to do when you're heavily favored. I think they were favored by 16 or 17 points, 40 to nothing against the Texans. So the defense has two shutouts already in four weeks. And this week, the Sunday night game is going to be awesome. Buffalo in Kansas City. I love that game. Rematch of the AFC Championship. I know that's a game we're going to end up talking a lot about this week. I love the quarterback play. 
The offenses are both really good. The biggest difference to date right now is the Bills' defense is better than the Chiefs. So what will be the difference in the games at Arrowhead? I also think when you're the team that's doing the chasing, which is still Buffalo, right? I know the Chiefs are at worst record right now, but the Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl the last two years in the AFC, and the Chiefs beat them last year. So that's who the Bills were thinking about in the offseason. I don't think the Chiefs were thinking about the Bills. They were probably thinking about Tom Brady and the Bucks or whoever else they might think they'll face in the Super Bowl from the NFC. They know the Bills are good, but that's when you're the team that's doing the chasing. The Bills are thinking about Mahomes. How do we beat the Chiefs if we match up with them later when it matters most? So that team that's on the rise is the one that's really dangerous, and Buffalo is that team. So that's going to be a great game this weekend. Uh, Some other notes from the weekend action as well. Uh, The Bears did win. They beat the Lions 24-14. Today, Matt Nagy did say that when Andy Dalton is healthy, it will be his job. He will be the starter. And that goes back to what we talked about earlier with your good as your options. The Bears feel, and Matt Nagy feels, right or wrong, that they're better off with Andy Dalton. And I say it, and, and I hope this makes sense, but sometimes it's just the setup of getting in and out of the huddle, understanding the formations, understanding what you're looking at defensively, being in the battles. Dalton's been in the battles. Jimmy Garoppolo's been in the battles. There's bright future for Fields, a bright future for Trey Lance, ideally, and especially if you think about it, what it used to be, I know it's totally changed when you invest in all these quarterbacks so early, but they used to like to draft quarterbacks and sit them for a year or two, maybe even three if you had to. That'll never happen again because of our impatient society and how much we put into quarterbacks. Teams move on from quarterbacks that they draft that early in one or two years now instead of waiting for three before they even start. Now you're starting in some situations day one, but in these two spots – the Bears is trickier than the Niners. I think the Niners make sense to go with Jimmy Garoppolo based on what their overall roster is. But now out of necessity, it will be Trey Lance for the Bears. I don't know if I fully believe in that team, so I would be more comfortable with going with, with Fields. But Matt Nagy, it's his choice, and it looks like he's going to go with Andy Dalton when he's healthy. All right, so that's the best and worst of the weekend in the NFL. The weekend will end with Monday Night Football tonight with the Raiders and the Chargers. When we come back, got into get into baseball, the American League playoff picture Yankees and Red Sox get it started tomorrow with a wild card game. We'll talk about a wild season of baseball when we come back here on KHDK. Coming up in our next segment, we're going to give you a chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Eagles on October 12th. Now that's coming up out here at Golden One Center. For tickets and more information, visit khdk.com. Uh, we are here at Golden One Center because tonight the NBA has started for the Kings preseason. Kings and Suns. Suns out there. A few members of the Suns going through warm-ups right now here at G1C. Still have yet to see a member of the of the Kings just yet, but we will, I'm sure, when they uh, make their way out here. And again, at the top of the hour, we will talk to Jason Jones uh, from The Athletic, who's covered the Kings for a long, long time. So we'll, we'll hear from him. We'll also have the crossover, and then we'll turn it over to game night uh, with Scott Marsh and the high flyer, Henry Turner. All right, so baseball. We've, we've spent a lot of time so far on the NFL. It's a good week four. I, I thought this weekend gave us so much to watch and so much to follow uh, with the American League and the National League playoff picture. We'll, we'll kind of start here, this segment with the American League playoff picture, now that it's all set. There was the scenario that I was talking about on Friday that if the Yankees and Red Sox had a tough weekend, which they both kind of did, um, and then we could have had a Seattle-Toronto 
Red Sox and Yankees four-way tie going into today and playing on a game 163. They All four would have played each other. The two winners would have then been moved on into the wild card. But instead, it all settled itself out. The Yankees got a walk-off yesterday to beat the Rays, and the Rays gave them trouble. Remember, Tampa didn't have to do anything. Um, they'd already secured their spot, didn't really need to play, but they kept beating the Yankees. Uh, the Yankees got in, and then so did Boston. He kicks, he delivers, a curve, strike three, called, it's over. The Red Sox are going to postseason play for the first time since 2018. Rafi Devers with a huge game-winning home run in the ninth inning after Verdugo tied it with a big double, sends the Red Sox to the wild card game. The New York Yankees will be here on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock for a one-game showdown. Red Sox 7. Nationals five. They sweep the series and finish the regular season at 92 and 70. A staff effort and a huge performance by the Red Sox offense. So Boston got in. They beat the Nationals. And yeah, you heard it there. The wild card game. Um, most of America, I would say, is is knows about the rivalry, but maybe tired of it. And maybe in in a one game dose, it's it might be better. For, for the consumption of it for baseball fans. But Yankees and Red Sox is a big deal. It is a big deal for one game. Now, whether or not either one is a legitimate threat to beat Tampa in the next round, Tampa's been the better team, obviously, by the, the number of wins for the season. I think people believe in the Yankees' overall talent, but it's one game for Boston. And I think tomorrow when you go Evaldi versus Garrett Cole, the advantage certainly seems to go to the Yankees. But in one game, Ivaldi's been Boston's best pitcher. I'm a little worried about Boston's overall pitching for the length if they get past the Yankees. But they can hit. They've got good production. Yankees can hit, but they're kind of an all or nothing. At the back end of the season, Judge and Stanton have been pretty hot. LeMayhew got hurt. That could do a little bit of damage for the table setters that the Yankees have. But one game in baseball, of all the sports, I think baseball is the one that you know, by and large, when you get to the NFL playoffs and the, everything's a one-game scenario, it's not always the best team wins, but more times than not, I feel like they do, barring some sort of weird nature of, you know, five turnover day for the Packers who were supposed to beat this team, and then they're, they're out in one day. That, that does happen. But baseball is so much about pitching. And in postseason, to me, over the last, well, 10 years or so, but it's probably been longer than that, but it truly seems like it's also about the miscues. Is it a base running mistake? That error in the fourth inning that turned into a two-run inning that flipped the game around. Um, And as I mentioned earlier, now more than ever, really this is the last three or four years situation, bullpens. It's all about the bullpen. Yankees have a good bullpen. Red Sox have a good bullpen. But the strength of the American League, when you look at the entire depth of the roster that's in the postseason, the five teams, I think this is a really good layout for Major League Baseball. They've got 10 total teams in that there's really good storylines across the board. And maybe there's some that are more appealing or get more national attention. We've talked over the years about how baseball really has become so regional. And if your team is in, well, that community, that city, that fan base is all in, like the Giants fans are going to be. And the A's made it. You know, the, the smaller fan base, but they're in. But is... Other parts Will other parts of the country be compelled by the Astros, 
by the White Sox, by Tampa Bay. I think there is a big following, and has been for the Red Sox and the Yankees, but that's one game. But I think there's there's interesting storylines there, certainly just the, the history of the rivalry. And the winner moving on, can they then take on a division team like Tampa and do damage to them? I think the Yankees, when they're right, are good. But we've seen that team play as up and down as anybody this year. Anybody. Yankees will come in with 92 wins. Boston obviously has the same 92 wins. They have home field in this one. I think that's a fun one to watch. Tampa has truly impressed me this year. Tampa Bay has 100 wins. And you go, who's their best player? How'd they do it? It's another collection of what they did a year ago. An incredible bullpen. And I think about the last couple of years, or last year, their, their key starter, their key number one kind of go-to staff ace was Blake Snell. He got traded to the Padres. Glasnow was quickly becoming their staff ace. He had Tommy John midway through, the, maybe not even midway. I don't even think they made it to halfway when he got hurt. Yet they still found a way to get 100 wins. They just have an organization that has a lot of productive players that get the job done, and I'm really, really impressed with Tampa Bay. Now the other series has some intrigue just now on the managers. Tony LaRussa versus Dusty Baker. Dusty getting his fifth team into the postseason is incredible. Tony LaRussa, after being out of baseball for so long, has the White Sox right back in the postseason. Now both of these teams had a great year. White Sox won ninety three. Astros won 95, but I don't feel like either team can come out of the American League. I really feel like Tampa is that much better, and if the Yankees are right, they can do it. I think those are the two teams. That's how I'm leaning. That's how I feel, but I really feel like Tampa, based on what they did through the entirety of the season, the experience they had last year, and the amount of ways they can beat you. They're a team that puts the ball in play, puts so much pressure on you, defends well, and they're not that high-volume strikeout team that some of these other teams... I mean, there's so many teams strike out now all the time, but they do it, I would say, less, or at, at the if there's such a thing at the right time. It felt like last year they, they always had the right guy up, produced at the right time, and just kind of have that knack that good teams do. And I feel like they definitely do. So I think the American League, if you think about the year that was played out, it was a good baseball season. Shohei Otani's historic run, I thoroughly enjoyed that, and I hope baseball fans did too. What Seattle was doing at the end, here's where I wish, you know, the last couple <clears throat> weeks when Doug had moved on to his new venture and coaching. Chris, I know that was your, your adopted team. Seattle's run was was really amazing, and to see their fan base this last weekend, I know they were disappointed to lose a couple games to the Angels. They were so all in to what was going on that it actually was becoming appealing to see them try to break the longest drought in the in all the sports of the postseason drought. Sorry, I was working on something right there, Jason. <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't know if you. Were, I thought you would, were going to say something there about your Seattle Mariners, but they came that close. Well, they now came. now what I'm interested in is the Astros-White Sox matchup. Because? There is a combined 149 years of managerial ship <laughs> between Dusty Baker and uh, Tony La Russa. And I feel like... And I feel like 
those gains are going to come up against their supper time, so <laughs> that should be interesting. Uh, we know America has hated the Astros. Has that died down a no. little bit? I think no? people hate the Astros more because they didn't get to hate them in person more. Yeah, which they ultimately did some. Actually, this now year. that I talk say that, I think people have forgotten about it. Yeah, and and I think to me, I know I didn't like any of that that happened, but I'm just such a big fan of Dusty Baker. I'm so happy for him. I guess that would be the one. Uh, you guys know I'm a Yankee fan. I would I would love to see the Yankees win the World Series. If it doesn't happen, Dusty Baker is someone I'm rooting for. I don't really have any care at all about the Astros, but I would be really happy if Dusty Baker would finally get a World Series. That's that would be cool. Tony LaRusso. Wow, big Astros fans. Eh, I don't know about that. Here's the bad thing too, is everyone talks about the Astros while the Red Sox completely skated on the exact same thing. Yeah, that is interesting because there were there was obviously some guilt and some blame and some suspensions, yet it just feels like Houston is is the one that everybody's targeted. And Houston got rid of their manager. Yeah, exactly. And the Red Sox didn't. Well they sort of did. Yeah, for a short time. <laughs> and where did he come from? Houston. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I think the American League, though, I think there's some really good storylines, some compelling drama there that can play out, and it starts tomorrow, certainly with the American League wild card game. And there's been some great wild card games in the past, and just the it's a game seven, right? That's what it's the equivalent of. It's one day. Um, can your pitcher be off? I mean, I think the the dream scenario for both the Yankees or Red Sox is the Yankees want to go as far as they can with Garrett Cole. I know they've got a, a bullpen that they feel good enough about now. But if Coles is is working and dealing, they want to get seven, eight innings if they can. That would be ideal, and see if the offense can run into a couple uh, off the off the Green Monster. I know the Yankees had a pretty good series with Boston just about a week or two ago. So, but that confidence can can change fast. And and Cole in the last couple of years with the Yankees was more unhittable than he's been this year. He's had a good year, but he hasn't had the same year that he had in the past. So. That'll be something to watch as the uh, American League wild card uh, gets going starting tomorrow. All right, we got to talk about the other side, including the Giants. What a season they had, and they capped it off yesterday with a win to get them the best possible odds of getting to where they want to. All that home field advantage, they'll wait on the Dodgers and the Cardinals. We'll talk about the National League playoff picture when we come back right after this on Sports 1140 KHDK. Kings basketball coming up tonight right here on Sports 1140 KHDK preseason as it's the Kings and the Phoenix Suns. Jason Jones will join us at the uh, top of the next hour uh, to talk about tonight's matchup, but really not really about the matchup, but about the Kings. What to expect? What can we see? What are the things he's looking for as this season is getting underway with the preseason game number one out of four? A couple of things before we get into uh, the National League playoff picture. Also, uh, saw some news coming out of the Niners camp today or the just recently. Let's see if I can find the quote. Niners quarterback calf injury wasn't as bad as we thought, end quote, from Coach Kyle Shanahan, so he could play Sunday against the Cardinals. So uh, we'll see. That is an interesting development, how that goes, but hopefully uh, Jimmy G will be back sooner. And if it is Trey Lance time, I'm excited to see what he'll be able to do when he's uh, getting the reps all week and getting the prep and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see where that goes uh, as the week progresses again another reminder about the Raiders Monday Night Football normally we'd have on cage to but we have Kings basketball tonight the Raiders you can hear on KYMX HD2 and on 96.1 HD2 that's where you can find it there 
tonight. So the National League uh, didn't have the same kind of chaos of overall chaos that could have happened in the American League, but you had the high profile with the rivals, the Dodgers, and the Giants. Possibly, if if things went wrong for the Giants yesterday, they could be playing today in Game 163. It didn't happen because the Giants finished in style yesterday. 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck it out. The regular season is over, and the San Francisco Giants have done what was said they could not do. They have beaten L.A. for the National League Western Division title. 107 wins for the Giants. What an amazing season. Most wins they've ever had as a franchise. And just a great, great year. And glad they were able to do it at home in front of the fans. I mean, the fan base, that's what happens, right? When you got a great thing going, everybody's all in. And Giants, uh, with um, just the way they played yesterday, with web pitching and getting the bats, Posey and all the big hits, and just producing and driving in runs and making it comfortable, making it a, a day where you can have it as a celebration. And that reward for them gets them out of that wild card mess. They don't have to worry about that one-game scenario with the Cardinals on Wednesday. They also don't play till Friday. They'll host that winner, and it just sets them up the best possible way it could go. Now, it doesn't guarantee anything. We know that. But it, it, it avoided the situation basically the Dodgers are in. The Dodgers had a better uh, run differential this year. They had, In fact, I think they had the best in baseball, which uh, let me double-check that. Oh, yeah, they did by a good amount. They had some injuries early, and they back up their World Series championship team with 106 wins, and they could be done on Wednesday. They could be if Wainwright has one of those days. If the Cardinals, who remember how hot they were. I mean, this is a team that just won 17 games in a row. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. So they have ability. And then the Dodgers, while you know trying to catch the Giants, also get injuries to Kershaw and, and Max Muncy, who's had a great season. So those are really big injuries for the Dodgers who have to go through that one-game scenario now on Wednesday to see who gets the Giants on Friday. Now, as a fan of the sport, I think it would be fantastic if we got Dodgers and Giants. I wish it would be a seven-game series. It would be five. But I've been impressed by the Giants all season long, and for the Dodgers to finish as well as they did, but the Giants didn't let them catch them. Even with the little hiccup on Saturday, I thought, oh, man, there's still a chance. thought the Giants were going to win on Saturday. They didn't. And uh, if this if Sunday goes poorly and then they have to play today in game 163, that would feel like a letdown. And then the possibility of having that one bad day, not being eliminated but being the wild card, they avoided all that. They deserve it. And just what a year for them. And so now what do you look at when you look at it ahead? I look at the Braves and the Brewers as teams that won their division. Braves had the worst division, and I just, without Acuna, without their full complement of players, I, I don't see how they'll beat Milwaukee. Now, Milwaukee is the team to watch out for, in my opinion. That pitching staff is really good. They've got good hitting. And as great a season as the Giants and the Dodgers both have, Milwaukee's very capable of winning this thing. They really are. Watch out for the Brewers as a team that could be I don't even want to say when you win 95 games, you're not a surprise. I just think when you win 106 and 107 and you're the Dodgers and, in this case, the Giants. I mean, the Dodgers came in as the favorite and I understood why. Their roster is stacked and they added Max Scherzer. I just think the one area that would make me nervous if I'm the uh, Dodgers 
would be the very back end of the bullpen. Jansen, Trinan, um, both have very good ability, but also when they stumbled this year, especially Jansen, that, that's got to be the MO if you're the Cardinals, right? Take advantage of, of Wainwright. He's, he's, not a, he's not a blow-you-away pitcher, but get into a situation to where you're hanging with Scherzer. Maybe your offense runs into a couple. Who knows? But even if it's a low-scoring game late and you get into a situation where Jansen's in there to either preserve a lead or keep it game tied, that's the situation. If you're the Cardinals, you got to put the Dodgers in. If you can get that, that would be really, really stressful, I'm sure, for Dodger fans, for Dave Robertson, for even for, for Jansen. Now, there'll be times, especially if this postseason goes on a long time for L.A., well, he will succeed, but that's also where they've come up short at times. So I think the National League has some good storylines. I think the Brewers get through the Braves, though. I really do. And then just the kind of year that the Giants and Dodgers both had, the fact that they're rivals, um, that baseball is getting the Yankees and Red Sox against one another in one game, could have the Dodgers and Giants in five games. And we talk about that a lot in sports as fans. of like, oh, what does the NBA want for an NBA Finals or the NFL for a Super Bowl or MLB for a World Series? I don't know that there's a preference here. I mean, I, I think the biggest markets, if you had Dodgers, Yankees, would probably be a huge World Series. But I, I just think there's a lot of good baseball out there. And in a sport that has cooled in the eyes of many, many people, I think we're ready to have a really good postseason with 10 interesting teams. I think for the most part, you could probably say, if I'm looking all the way through, I think the Yankees have the ability to win it. I think the Rays have the ability to win it. I don't think Boston does. White Sox and Astros will be a compelling series. I'll be rooting, as I said earlier, for Dusty Baker. But I I think your best chances in the American League are Tampa Bay and the Yankees in the National League. It's the Dodgers, it's the Giants, and I think it's the Brewers. So I think you got five teams, and I'm saying all that, and you know the way baseball works. It'll probably end up being the Astros and the Cardinals or something you like that. You left so. out a team. Who did I leave, Chris? You left out the Cardinals. Yeah, that's what I just said at the end there. I go, you know who could probably sneak in there is, is someone like the Cardinals. But I, that's your team. You're still riding with them. Who's your American League team now that the Mariners are out? Astros. Astros. All right. Because? Because of? Everyone will hate it. Everyone will hate it. Except for me. Like I've never been to Houston, but I'm guessing it's better than St. Louis. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see how that goes, and it all gets started tomorrow with the Yankees and the Red Sox. All right, before we get to break, here is your opportunity to win a pair of tickets to see the Eagles on October 12th right here at Golden One Center. For tickets and more information, go to khtk.com. All you have to do right now is dial 1-800-920-1140. 1-800-920-1140. We will take caller at number five. You will win a pair of tickets to see the Eagles in concert. Again, one 800 920 1140. When we come back, we have our final half hour before we get you to game night. We'll have the crossover and Jason Jones from The Athletic will join us when we come back here on KHK.